0: Hello, out there, bibliophiles. This is Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew. And I'm back in the archives today with Candice Riley. Hi, Candice.
1: Hey, Andrew. Nice to see you, too. For
0: this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the exhibit that we have going for the fall semester, or is it all year?
1: Fall semester. So this exhibit's going to run from the start of the semester all the way through December, so right before Christmas break. And then we're going to have a new exhibit when the spring semester starts. But the exhibit we have right now, which we kind of hinted at in our last episode, is called Piety and Plague, Communal Responses to Epidemics. And this was obviously inspired by the coronavirus pandemic. So we wanted to curate this exhibit. And I say we because I worked very closely with my student worker, Becca Safi. So she really helped me design this exhibit space. And um, we also have a student worker, Danielle, who is then working to make everything look beautiful and mount everything properly because it's something I cannot do.
0: Yeah, I see you have a flat screen TV. It immediately jumps out to me. I don't remember that being a part of this space before.
1: It actually was, but it blends into the cabinet space unless you have images on the TV. So we, I like to scan images from our books or things that we didn't maybe highlight as much within the cases and put them on the TV. So you have that other element of exposure to the exhibit space.
0: Yeah, that's great. So what are we looking at?
1: Sure. So now I'm going to give you a little bit of a tour of the exhibit. And then I really encourage you to come in because... As we said in the first episode, we are open now, and I think it's fantastic for you to come in and actually experience the exhibit space. And we will have some exciting additions to the exhibit space for a week time in the Halloween season as a little hint there. So the first three cases of our exhibit space are focused on medical responses to plague. And medical can mean everything from herbs, remedies that were used, um, different types of healing uses and different remedies for diseases, throughout time so we're not just focusing on one epidemic we're looking at kind of all of them throughout history and throughout the walls of the exhibit space we also have a timeline of different types of diseases and the amount of people of lives that they took so we really want you to see that diseases are very uh, common throughout our history that what we are living in is a part of history that for thousands of years previous, people have been living with pandemics and epidemics, and we are now looking at different ways people have dealt with that. So we're kind of seeing we are a part of history. Yes, it's a very scary time and it's a very uncomfortable and people are dying, which is terrifying, but this is a part of history. We want us to place ourselves within that history.
0: Plagues and pandemics are part of the human experience, right? I see some really beautifully illustrated, oh, I should say illuminated uh, medieval manuscripts here, or at least reproductions of them, some woodcuts, um, some hand-drawn illustrations. So really, even just in terms of the imagery, we have a lot of human history, at least for the past maybe, I don't know, 600 or so years represented here.
1: Absolutely. yeah, so our first case we're looking at different types of healing herbs that have been used to be remedies. Um, so we look at vervain, we look at different uh, women uh, witches pharmacology, um, buckleberry, witch hazel, mandrake, just a bunch of names I'm throwing at you that are all have been used throughout history to heal. And that continues in our second case, which we feature um, the pitcher plant. It's actually called the purple pitcher plant. And this plant was used by the Native Americans to go against smallpox. So we feature that and as well as we feature John Wesley's books of primitive physic. So he had many, many, many editions of this book, which we have a giant stack of in the back of the exhibit space to show you that it was a very popular text. So people were looking to do these home remedies, you know, within their family and friend groups to try to heal their sicknesses. So some sicknesses that we have showcased here are consumption, the plague, um, cholera, the king's evil. So all these things that John Wesley was telling you to take these remedies and then you will be healed from these diseases.
0: So we have a juxtaposition here of uh, what we might call non-Western medicine. And we see in some of Wesley's writings, maybe some of the emergence of uh, modern medicine or
1: at least uh, uh, early modern medicine. Exactly. And then on the very right of our second case, we have um, travel talking about sickness, because I feel like right now, right, it's all what we're thinking of. Do we travel? Do we not travel? What's quarantine like in different parts of the world? Right. So we have a manuscript at the top of the case, which is a ship's doctor manuscript, which is talking about different ways and astringents that you would use if someone is sick. Beneath that, we have a 20th century guide for ship's doctors, and they're talking about different types of quarantines you need to do for different diseases. And like how long, what ports you need to be at. So it's showing you that quarantine is not something that is new. Something that's been happening for a very long time.
0: And it's not a one size fits all thing either, uh, according to this this, uh, ship's doctor.
1: And then our third case of medical responses, we're looking more at infections and vaccines. So from the General Commission of Archives and History, which is part of this wonderful building that we are in, They gave us these photographs to put in our case on preparations uh, for vaccines in Shanghai, a nurse administering vaccines of children in Brooklyn, to show you that vaccines are also not new, been around for a very long time, and showing different people receiving those. And we also talk about other diseases, not just um, what you think of as like cholera or. We also talk about AIDS and HIV, and how that is a pandemic in itself and how many people, many, many people have died and the reaction to that. Okay. In our fourth case, which is a very small case here, we look looked at the actual herbs that were used by plague doctors. So the plague doctor symbol has been very popular now that we've been dealing with COVID-19. We have a reproduction of a plague doctor's mask and cape juxtaposed with the different types of herbs that were used in the plague doctor's mask to ward off sickness. One of the most popular ones was opium. We do not have opium in our case. No. But
0: See, we have valerian root, camphor, lavender, and then the uh, mask and, and cloak. The cloak is this kind of black velvet, and the mask kind of has this elongated snout. I guess you would call it.
1: Yes, so a traditional plague doctor's mask has the elongated snap, which and has a covering on the bottom, which you then would fill with these herbs and spices, which would then make you smell only that and not the sickness around you. It also would have coverings over the eyes. I mean, right now we're talking about, it's better if you have glasses or COVID, you don't want any of the sickness going into your eyes. So the plague doctors were doing that as well. They had coverings, they had gloves on, they were protecting their body while they were then administering help to all their patients.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it really looks like this strange mask, but it had this utility to it as well.
1: And then in our next three cases, we focus on religious responses to plague. So we're looking here at saviors and intercessors that would help you when you are ill. We have plague pamphlets that we talked about in an earlier episode on the common uh, prayer book for the times of plague. We have saint cards. We have statues of the Virgin Mary. And we have a collection of our prayer books as well. And then we get into other types of sermons of healing. So we have sermons um, talking about demon possession, disease, and divine healing. The healing of disease, the cholera, the gospel of healing. And a really interesting one from the 18th century is a sermon against the dangerous and sinful practice of inoculation. So that trepidation against vaccines is not new as well. And then in our final case on religious responses to plagues, we're looking at some archival documents from the General Commission of Archives and History focusing on how God heals your body. So this is telling us that if your body is not healed through God and Christ, then you're not going to heal perfectly physically. You have to first heal through faith, then heal through medicine.
0: You gotta get it right with the divine before you can can be healed physically.
1: Then in our final two cases on our exhibit space, we're looking at fears and anxieties that come from dealing with the pandemics and epidemics. And I know a lot of people now suffer with feelings of hypochondria, anxiety, depression, because we've been living in the time of COVID. Well, this is not new. So our first case, we're talking about different prejudices that have happened because of pandemics. So right now we've seen a lot of hate crimes against Asian Americans because of COVID. So we juxtapose that with a historical scapegoating of the Chinese from 1870 to 1905. So they're talking about the spread of smallpox and leprosy. So these prejudices are once again, not new. This entire exhibit is showing you that history repeats itself throughout time and time again and we're just replicating our past here which is really awful. We also have different levels of um, different types of prejudices here also represented so we have how gay men um, have still not been able to donate blood because of the AIDS um, pandemic, we have witch persecution that they were then said the ones to spread disease um, during Salem and at the bottom part of the case We have the Jewish Jewish persecution during the times of plague, where then Jews were burned, as we have an example in our Nuremberg Chronicle facsimile showing that. Just awful. And in our final case, we look at more of the uh, feelings of anxieties from pandemics and epidemics. So how you kind of turned that feeling of being scared into possibly art. So... Figures such as the three living and three dead, the dance of death, these are all symbols from the 13th century from France and England and Germany that have still continued throughout time. So we've shown quite a lot um, on our Instagram at Drew Archives of the example of the dance of death from our Nuremberg Chronicle. That is an old trope that you find in so many other plague books and wall paintings throughout history. And that's a way for people to kind of make sense of death to kind of create that momentum mori that remembering that you are mortal, that you will die so we're showing some examples of that kind of making yourself comfortable with the afterlife so we have some great examples of skeletons cavorting with the living in this case
0: so and then i see there's one more case in the reading room
1: Yes. So the final case in the reading room, we're focusing on the literature of the plague. So examples of literature from the past, I think 300 years, we focus on maybe 400 of if they mention the plague, if the book is during the time of plague. We have The Mask of the Red Death, for example, from Poe to show you that literature and art that we talked about in the previous case about kind of representation of death is also carried through our literature so that we're seeing people talk about and make one with themselves with the afterlife.
0: I see next to the uh, flat screen monitor here, you have a uh, what looks to be an N95 mask, so really bringing the exhibit up to the present moment. Well, thanks so much for this, Candice. I hope our, our listeners will come in and see a lot of this, this great material for themselves uh, now that they can visit the archive in person. Uh, really fascinating and instructive look at the way humans have made sense of uh, pandemics and, and disease in their midst throughout the past few hundred years. Thanks so
1: much. Sure. Thanks for visiting.
0: that's our show. Be sure to check out the images of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10 by visiting the Drew Archives and Special Collections website at www.drew.edu forward slash library forward slash media. You can also check out images of the archives material at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, so be sure to check it out. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candace Riley, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.